My name is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew, episode 347. Thank you so much for spending some time with us at Time of Release. Spooky season continues. The Erie Horror Fest returns to Erie, Pennsylvania over at the historic Warner Theater, October 5th through 8th. Tickets at EerieHorrorFest.com. That's E-E-R-I-E HorrorFest.com. You're joined on this one by the head of acquisitions for Cinedime and Screambox, as well as a producer at Indie Juggernaut Blood Oath, responsible for Scare Package, Satanic Panic, Starry Eyes. Guy's name is Brandon Hill, as well as filmmaker and festival director John C. Lyons. Hear all about the terrifyingly awesome program they have in store for horror fans and filmmakers alike, including appearances by John and Toby Poser from The Addams Family, a live commentary of Children of the Corn with the director and cast, and tons more. It promises to be one of the most unique genre festival experiences out there. Even come out of it with a shot at turning your dream horror project into a reality. It's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 347, an eerie horror fest. It is now slaying... Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. All right, joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio are two passionate horror fans who are committed to elevating and celebrating the voices of inspired genre creatives. First off, an award-winning writer, director, and producer whose work includes several acclaimed shorts, documentaries, and features. He bends the narrative in his filmmaking to inspire change and reflect issues in an eloquently terrifying way that is profoundly impactful. Among them, 2008's Schism, There Are No Goodbyes, and Unearth, starring Adrian Barbeau, that premiered at Fantasia. He is also a respected podcaster from Film Grain, Cinema Activist, and more. He serves not only as a director of programming for the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania, but as a director of the Eerie Horror Film Fest. <laughs> we welcome John C. Lyons, also here with us, a visionary producer who's the head of acquisitions for Cinedime, responsible for bringing films like Pennywise, A Story of It, and Terrifier 2 to audiences everywhere through Screenbox. He's a partner at Blood Oath, an incredible collective that empowers genre storytellers through every step of the creative process. They are the team behind Scare Package, Porno, Satanic Panic, The Pale Door, Starry Eyes, Nightmare Cinema, and more of the most exciting and game-changing indie horror films ever made. He is Brandon Hill. Here to talk about Erie Horror Fest, the time of release currently in its 15th year, October 5th to 8th in Erie, Pennsylvania. Passes at EerieHorrorFest.com. That's Erie, E-E-R-I-E, HorrorFest.com. We are honored to welcome once again Brandon Hill and festival director John C. Lyons. Yeah! Thank you. That was a beautiful intro. Beautiful. Oh, I wish it could be more eloquent. I'm having a hard time talking today, but thank you both so much for spending some time with us. So before we get into talking about what the festival has in store for us this year, we'd love to kind of get into your individual pathways into the horror genre, if you will, starting with John. What are your earliest, most impactful memories of discovering horror? Oh man, for sure. Original uh, Texas Chainsaw still is, mm. it's like peanut butter on the brain, the grit, <laughs> the blood, the 70s. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I think when that was kind of the first, the first step of um, 
yeah Inf infecting my brain and uh <laughs> leading me to see the world in in different ways and be scared uh pissing my pants yeah for sure. what was it about the texas chainsaw massacre in particular that you felt drew you honestly in? it was the i think it was the aesthetic yeah. uh because it just felt so you know it kind of feels a little bit like docu uh drama in a way yeah. um before it turns into uh your worst your worst dinner uh family dinner <laughs> nightmare um, honestly i think it's the aesthetic it just feels like so dirty watching that film yeah the performances um, feel like that too they they feel like they could be documentary captured performances and characters they feel like yeah. they'd exist in the real world how did you first see it i'm curious Oh man, definitely renting from uh, the video store shop, uh, you know, the local video store shop, Papa Rops video, uh, which is where I definitely got my education. Nice. <laughs> definitely got my film education there back in the day. Now, what would you say are some of the benchmark horror films that have def ultimately defined your taste as it exists now? Yeah, probably uh, Halloween, uh, mm -hmm. first Halloween, um, Alien. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my stuff uh, that I kind of gravitate to and, and rewatch the most, I would say, are, you know, very character driven. Um, you know, I think people that have seen our work like on Earth. It, it comes from a character uh, perspective and gets you gets you in the world, you know, gets you in there with the blue collar workers, gets you in there with suburbia, um, something that, you know, you can relate to before it rips the the rug out from under you um that's kind of what i like um and then kind of uh i would say more psychological things like a science of the lambs you know those are kind of all my early touchstones there and brandon will go to you what were the horror films that made you yeah i mean you know so at a very early age um i want to say like around maybe eight or so years old i discovered jaws um, mm -hmm. like many of us. And, uh, you know, Jaws, Jaws is really what made me want to get into film and start in, you know, because of that, it got me into the genre. Uh, but also it was more like, um, you know, at the time I remember thinking, uh, I either wanted to be a doctor, which is weird, or I wanted to be a, a director. And so I, I ended up quickly going on the film path and, uh, you know, and, and then from there, um, I, you know, started as I got a little bit older and got into high school and stuff, I really started honing in on what I, what I loved. And, uh, you know, that's where I started kind of diving into horror. Uh, and I ended up programming a, um, all night fest at, in my basement for, with a bunch of my friends and stuff. And, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw was definitely part of that evil dead, uh, the original. And then, um, Let's see. I did. Uh, I want to say Dead Alive was also in that in that group. Very well done. It was, like, it was like everything I could find at you know Hollywood Video or Blockbuster at the time because that's all we had in our in our town. Um, we actually didn't have like a ma, ma and pa type uh, mm -hmm. store over there, but I, I grew up in the Midwest, um, and it was pretty much Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. But um, you know, from there, uh, you know, I would say course john carpenter had a huge impact for me um i think like i mean i really went through his entire uh, filmography pretty early on and and obviously halloween is you know i mean i think that movie is perfect so uh you know that was that was one for me um and then i start kind of diving into uh, maybe the other corners of um the genre that are that are um not as as i guess broadly known i started you know finding things like uh the french film inside which i think is phenomenal 
that was one that um, during my college years that it came out around then. And I was just like all about it. I kept telling people, you've got to see this movie. And I still am kind of waiting for it to sort of get its uh, chance to be, be back out there in the, uh, in the sun. I'd love to see like a 4k master of that, you know? So um, anyways, that's some of the ones that kind of shaped me for sure. And I mean, while you've got the floor, we'll go to you and then we'll go to John after. How does one take the love of horror films and, and begin nurturing it into a career? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, so for, for me, uh, you know, I started off kind of really focusing on the production end. Um, and when I came out to L.A. Uh, in uh, 2010, I fell into the business side, which was was good for me because like in film school, you really don't get enough of that uh, intel. You don't I mean, I didn't know what acquisitions was, uh, you know, when I was in film school. Um, it was something I really, really learned, um, you know, when I got out here. And, uh, you know, what was, what was cool is on this path, I knew, you know, I wanted to be involved with, with genre and, um, you know, I quickly let people that I was working with, even when I was an assistant, um, you know, I, I told them how much I love horror. So they quickly would put me into, uh, situations where I would be involved with that. Um, so I started getting connected more and more with people. Um, and, and, you know, I was able to help, uh, launch the, uh, genre label cranked up films, which was, uh, which is part of, you know, good deed entertainment. Um, and then I jumped, uh, over to Fangoria and was there for a little bit. And, uh, and then now, you know, with Cinedime, which also is a blade disgusting screen box, et cetera, I've been able to really, uh, you know, continue that kind of path. So it's been, been pretty exciting. And then John, same question to you, turning horror yeah, into I mean, a career. I'm I'm just so impressed because Brandon like is like the badass of horror, right? In like such a short amount of time, he's throwing out his credits and it's just like, <laughs> damn, this dude has done it all. Yeah. Sorry, I'm very impressed, Brandon. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I know you, sir. <laughs> um, I I mean, I came to uh, the genre late, um, but from a young age, I always wanted to be an entertainer and a storyteller. Um, I would draw like. Like comic books and stuff like that and but in the business side of me you know i'm like i don't know maybe 10 years old and i'd put them in my neighbor's mailboxes along with their bill for their subscription that they didn't ask for <laughs> <laughs> you know um and then yeah just uh through grade school and stuff uh i i didn't like writing papers and book reports so i'd always do like a short film uh which was way much more work than just reading the damn book and <laughs> writing a book report but then once um you know the uh intersection between probably technology and film um you know so more digital and non-linear editing and things like that then i really got into um both my passion for computers and for storytelling and then it went from there then um uh Dorota Schwienz and i my partner we started lion's den productions and you know did a lot of grassroots uh kickstarter funded indiegogo funded um actually unearth uh started as a, a kickstarter with a with a much lower budget um before you know it kind of picked up steam and got on a lot of radars and became a, a full-fledged uh feature um but yeah, genre I have found definitely is fantastic um, for touching on kind of my activist uh, leanings sure. and roots. Um, I love films with a message uh, and what better genre to, you know, 
hammer people over the head <laughs> brutally um, with a message while you're entertaining them as well. So it works out beautifully. Yeah. What do you think it is about horror that, that lets you convey a message so viscerally to somebody? It's so freeing. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's rules, of course, there's rules, you know, as far as fans of the genre, but really as far as from a storytelling perspective, there's no rules, right? It's, it's such a open, inclusive, freeing genre. That's what I love about horror because horror is for everyone. Horror is smart. Horror can also be fun and super entertaining. Um, I think it's so unique uh, in that way. You all probably feel the same, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's also, there's a physical component to you, to, to it too, that, uh, that sticks with you. You know, you bring it, you bring it with you when you leave a theater or you leave an experience watching it at home and it kind of lives in your brain longer than any other genre for me anyway. You know, why no did doubt. it make me feel this way? Why did I jump? Yeah. Why am I, why am I having a nightmare about what I just saw? You know, it really lives in the back of your brain somewhere. Yeah. Brandon, what do you look for in a horror movie when looking to acquire these, uh, for distribution or streaming rights? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, I would say, you know, I mean, of course, it's dependent a little bit on which particular brand I, I've been at you know, over the years and kind of what has sort of fit for that particular brand. Um, but, you know, certainly it kind of, it ultimately is going to dial down to, um, do we see the audience for this? And, you know, uh, I, I think there's um, a, a number of ways to kind of determine that. I mean, uh, you know, it's always a little bit of a crapshoot because you don't always, you know, you really don't know what's going to ultimately connect, but there are things that do help, especially when they come to you with like a, uh, maybe a fan, a fan base that's already sort of already being built in the case of like a terrifier. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, even, even Pennywise, which, um, had also been a, a Kickstarter, uh, you know, or, or it was Indiegogo, one of them, <laughs> but either way, you know, it's, uh, that kind of uh, fan base that was already underway. Plus you've got the IP that's, that's uh, already there for Pennywise's uh, case. Um, but, you know, I think uh, it ultimately is like, do we see, um, you know, this kind of breaking out? Do we know how to market and get behind it? And, you know, and also frankly, just because I'm a horror fan, um, does it appeal to me? Would I like personally, um, if, if I wasn't, you know, acquiring this movie or releasing it, if someone else did, um, would I, you know, rent, uh, buy, go see it, what have you, does it excite me? Um, that's a, that's a big part of it. And following on that, John, I mean, what you do with Erie Horror Fest really cuts into this as well. That dis discovery aspect of what you mm -hmm. both do. I'm curious what you enjoy about helping to bring awareness and resources to these incredible stories and cinematic voices that are out there. Yeah, I mean, what we really try and do with the Erie Horror Fest. So the Erie Horror Fest, it's in its 15th year, um, but it's under the management of our organization, which is a nonprofit called the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. Um, this is our second year of doing it. So we're used to doing, uh, you know, weekly film series and educational um, experiences. And we're really trying to build an industry in Erie, Pennsylvania. I mean, we're right along the lake. We've got four really strong seasons. Um, so we really want to kind of make Erie the home of the million dollar movie. We're not looking for like Marvel and DC to be setting up here. We want to be indie filmmaker friendly for sure. Um, and so 
Yeah, from our programming uh, before and bringing that into the Erie Horror Fest. And that's why, you know, we have great partners at Blood Oath um, here with Brandon and Aaron and Ashley and everybody that's going to be coming out to the festival. Uh, really, it's important to us to educate um, future filmmakers, give them opportunities, uh, have them, you know, be able to network with someone, be in the room with distributors and producers and other directors that are successful. So it's really important to find, you know, those new voices um, as you're talking about. And I, I love Brandon, your story about, you know, kind of having your own uh, film festival, you know, you're kind of curating from, from the early days, which is great. That's what I love. I love love the discovery in the introduction. I did something similar uh, in college with my buddies when, you know, I was kind of the one that was really hungry for film and I would find something that kind of blew my mind. I'm thinking right now, like the Holy mountain. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God, this film is so fucked up. So, you know, I loved that aspect of like getting people to come over, have some drinks and just be like, Oh man, what did lions find next? You know, it's just kind of like, I, I, I love that experience too, Brandon. So for sure. So yeah, that kind of plays into all of it is, you know, you want to introduce people to the newest art that's out there and these new ways of telling stories and new filmmakers and new storytellers, and then kind of get everybody in the room and create an environment where, you know, hopefully we see projects that are born out of it. I mean, I know we're going to get into the program, but we've got, you know, a pitch competition uh, that we've started setting up here uh, to really um, connect people directly through there. So, yeah, we want to bring all of those aspects into the genre um, at our event. And it's we're really excited about it for sure. Now, the state of Pennsylvania has been the production site of some incredible, notable horror films. Can you talk a bit about, I guess, the horror pedigree of Pennsylvania and what makes it such a great place to produce films going into more of that and what kind of the, the horror community like is like in Erie currently? Yeah, I mean, Romero, of course, is the first one uh, that I, I think about for sure. Um, you know, now M. Night Shyamalan, I mean, he makes every every single thing he does uh, in the state of Pennsylvania on the other side. So you kind of got the Romero side and the Shyamalan side. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Again, it's a place that, you know, tax credits are important, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so Pennsylvania has got a, a competitive uh, tax rate for sure, which attracts a lot of people um, to the big cities. And then that's why we just see like a place like Erie as a place of opportunity. We've got um, four really stellar uh, universities in the area. We have like one of the top animation programs in the country um, at Penn West at Edinburgh. Um, and you know, we have a lot of talent here that then a lot of times goes out to other places. So you see that kind of brain drain, um, which we kind of want to, want to get away from. Um, but yeah, it's the, the place, the thing that's cool about Erie and having a horror festival there, um, is having, you know, we have those great fall colors that people travel everywhere for, mm -hmm. and it gets like really misty. Um, sometimes it looks like, uh, Silent Hill. Nice. The backdrop, you got these old factory buildings, you know, I mean, it's a horror, it can be a horror show and it can be beautiful at the same time. So, 
yeah, we got a lot going, uh, a lot of production value just built right in. Sure. sure. And the name, of course. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we'll talk about kind of taking over the festival. So you said uh, the past two years you guys have been doing it. What was kind of the state of it before and what led you to jump in? Yeah, it was it was. A festival that grew, you know, from very small and grew up to uh, the venue that we're back in now. So we're in the Warner Theater. So it's a historic building, one of the few remaining Warners um, that exist. It's a 2200 seat venue. I mean, it's massive. It's huge. Um, And, you know, the festival with its previous um, management, got as far as it did. And then it had been dormant for five years and it had just been sitting there. And, um, so we approached the owners and we said, Hey, would you mind, you know, us, us, uh, giving it a shot and seeing if we can bring this back. So last year was kind of like a bringing it back from the dead. Um, you know, and it was of course during, uh, kind of still in the heart of COVID times and we were in a smaller venue and kind of testing the waters on a lot of things like Brandon and Aaron came out, um, and you know, we, we tested doing industry panels. We tested like showing people how to pitch, uh, their project. And, you know, we, sh- we had some mixers and show some sort shorts and features and had like Michael Bean and David Naughton and some cool people come out. Um, yeah. And it was great. And we were kind of like, okay, let's take this kind of smaller scale model, blow it up build on it, um, and go from there. So yeah, now we're in an amazing venue. Um, I mean the Warner, they've just put like, I think it's like $30 million, um, in kind of restoring it and expanding on it. Yeah. So it's, it's huge. Like our opening night guys were, of course it's the hundredth anniversary of Nosferatu, right? So we're getting the biggest screen that we could get. It's coming from Chicago. It's something like, a. I don't know. It's a 40 or a 50 foot uh, screen and it's going to be on stage. We have a Wurlitzer organ um, and we have 1500 pipes that are built into the walls of the Warner theater. And we're going to have uh, Ron road, a renowned organist playing live, of course, um, the, the score for the film. I mean, that's going to be our kickoff. It's oh, man. Chills. Oh, man. It's going to be amazing. Incredible. Wow. wow. Uh, so, Brandon, tell us about your kind of role, including the pinch, uh, pitch competition that, you, that you're going to be a part of there and everything. Yeah. Um, so, as, as you know, John was mentioning, uh, the whole Blood Oath group, uh, you know, came out last year and, and we were involved with a uh, industry panel. And uh, this year, there's going to be an industry panel as well, but uh, also the uh, script competition, which there, there were elements of that in uh, last year's edition. But this is a more, uh, I would say, uh, I guess, John, probably the best way to describe it is more focused um, session mm, that's, sure. that's you know, going to be around the, uh, the script competition. And, and the, the cool thing is, um, you know, everyone that's going to be a part of that competition is, you know, talking to uh, a bunch of I guess seasoned, I, I think we're seasoned, mm-hmm. <laughs> seasoned people that, uh, that have been around for a little bit and, and, um, you know, have, have been in a lot of different areas of both production and distribution and, and really, um, you know, can, can hopefully, uh, give some good advice to everyone that's trying to get their projects off the ground. Um, and, you know, there could be some other, uh, cool things that come from that. I mean, you know, uh, certainly, I mean, my, my goal would be to find a project that, um, you know, we're really, really excited about and can get behind, uh, on the blood oath end and 
who knows at some point, maybe this project could eventually come over to screen box. And then that would be like kind of a match made in heaven, uh, you know, so to speak. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see how things shake out, but it's, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm really excited to kind of see, um, you know, what's cooking in Erie in terms of, uh, all the creative, um, projects that they're, that, that are out there. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, I'm sure John's got some more, um, you know, thoughts on this too. So. Yeah. I mean, I'll just pile on real quick. We, so we're whittling down, we're still whittling down, uh, the submissions for the pitch competition. We're going to narrow it down to five and then, um, they will, you know, we're going to provide their pitch decks in the first five pages of their screenplays, um, to all of the judges and, uh, the, the winning, um, project is going to get a consulting package with blood oath, which is awesome. So again, it's, you know, directly connecting, uh, people to opportunities to bring their film to life through professionals that are going to be there like Brandon, John, just overall, what kind of experience do you aim to curate for this? I mean, obviously, you know, we heard about this, you know, the incredible kind of incentives for filmmakers and, and people who are bringing, uh, bringing stories to life, uh, just generally for the attendees, uh, mm-hmm. at here, what about this festival makes it different from anything else of its kind? What's kind of your mantra for this? Who? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think I have it boiled down to a single mantra yet. Maybe mm-hmm. ask me in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but there are a couple of things. Yeah. There's definitely different audiences, right? You're, you're the fan that wants to go there and you want to meet, um, you know, people that you recognize from, from the genre, get their autographs. We also have, uh, even though we don't have a convention hall kind of setting, um, because we particularly want to have a different vibe at ours, we are going to have related vendors, um, that are going to be set up, you know, so that people get that vibe that they're used to like kind of the fan culture vibe. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we do have some other cool things planned for sure. Like, for example, we're bringing, uh, members of the, the cast from, the original children of the corn and the director, they're going to do a live commentary during the film um, and share their insight and experience, you know, of, of making the film. So that's like, so I guess we want to do things a little different, Mm -hmm. I guess would would be the the way to say it. Um, You know, we're doing a keynote with the Adams family, like, um, you know, John and Toby are going to be there. They're given a keynote. We're going to focus on Hellbender. We're going to show new films. Um, so we're showing like Scare Package 2. We're showing All Jacked Up and Full of Worms uh, from Brandon. Um, Carter Smith's going to be there with Mark Patton. We're going to do a Bug Crush, uh, which is one of his early shorts that really, uh, if you want another one that is still stuck in my brain for sure, and uh, his new film Swallowed. Um, we're doing an X and Pearl back to back. We got a bunch of things where it's kind of two audiences. If you're a fan, we're going to give you all that stuff that you're used to, but kind of in a different way. You know, we're looking for ways to do it just a little bit different. And then we're also a festival that if you're a feature filmmaker or a pitch competition, uh, finalist, you know, we're going to cover your hotel and help you out with local, local travel and transportation and stuff like that. Oh, we want to bring people here, um, give them a good experience and hopefully again, make connections. So it's like, we want to be filmmaker friendly and fan friendly and kind of, you know, 
do our own little tweak on things to give you a different different vibe, different yeah. experience. The Boo Crew will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello? Is anybody home? Sally, I hear something. Stop. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from New Line Cinema. Rated R. No one under 17 admitted without parent or guardian. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leo, you had a question for John. Or, sorry, for Brandon or John? Yeah. Uh, John, actually, oh, yeah. have you seen, uh, uh, what have you seen from the international horror su- submissions? We're seeing a lot of great releases from South America and Spain in recent years. Uh, what have you guys seen and, and, and have, have you seen any submissions uh, for this particular film festival? Yes, absolutely. For sure. We just announced um, our first 12 films and uh, they're from nine different countries. Um, So so we are definitely mixing it up um, for sure. Uh, And that's what you always look for as well when you're looking for, you know, new voices, diverse voices, things like that. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I am happy to see because, you know, it's really the first year that we did. a. We were able to do a full year of submissions Um, when we got the festival last time. It was much more of a curated program. Well, it's always curated, as you know, (laughs) but it was kind of like, you know, picking a lot of classics and mixing it with a couple new ones. But yeah, in this case, for sure, Leo, um, I was very happily surprised by the international reception. I would say for sure, at least. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I I would say solidly, I'm confident in saying half of our submissions uh, across the features and the shorts um, are definitely outside of uh, outside North America for sure. Yeah, that's great. That's great. uh, You know, I'll also mention too, just in general, um, for the last year or two on my end with um, uh, the acquisition side, there's been a just a, a ton of great international, you know, horror films, uh, several of which, you know, I'm, I'm either in the works on or have acquired recently. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we just launched, uh, the Argentina, uh, Splatterfest Pussycake yeah. uh, this week. And, and that yeah, was fantastic. It's right. It's a total like gym. It's insane. Um, and, and it has some really good gore effects. So, you know, there's, there's a bunch of those, uh, that, that I'm finding that are just real, like diamonds in the rough, so to speak. And they're just really, really good. Well, speaking on that note, actually with all the streaming services that are out Mm -hmm. there, you know, and we've got Screenbox that we're talking about now as well. What do you, what do you think? Is it, is it easier for inspired horror filmmakers to get their products out there in scene or with all the streaming services and different ways of getting things out there. Is it harder for people to get their work to kind of rise above? Ooh, uh, good, good question. I mean, 
Um, I would say uh, it's in, in, in some ways it's easier and some ways it's harder. Um, like it, it's, it's tough because if you don't um, I would say like in the, I guess the, the, uh, COVID world that we've been kind of stuck in, um, it's been a, a definitely a different environment than it was uh, prior to, uh, you know, COVID. Um, you know, the festivals when they were really going uh, up to up through 2019 and, and the beginning of 2020 was kind of a, you know, different story. Um, and the fest had to sort of get, and I'm sure, John, you could probably speak mm-hmm. to that point than anyone. Um, but, you know, I, I know that there's, there's certainly been a shift um, and how they've had to approach and, you know, obviously the virtual side of the fests and the, um, and then also bringing people back uh, the way that, that some of the fests are starting to and have real live audience uh, screenings and all that. Um, but, uh, uh, and John, sorry, do you want to actually jump in on that? Cause I'm, I'm sure you have an interesting perspective perhaps on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll just say really quick as a overall, um, I think curation is going to definitely be extremely more and more important, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) For for all of us, for the genre, for just good uh, films in general, curation is going to be so important because um, I won't critique any specific interfaces. Uh, It's not the one, any of the ones we have mentioned, Um, but it can be just like a throw it against the wall, just everything, you know, you have things that are listed as new that have been in there for like two years. And it's clearly just, you're, you're pushing like your own original content and stuff like that. I mean, curation uh, is so important because um, otherwise people are all just, we're going to become a monoculture of just watching the same thing that's highlighted at the, at the top. And we just lazily click there and, you know, we're missing all the gems, right? Um, so that's why like your podcast and other podcasters and websites and stuff are, are going to just become more and more crucial for people that are hungry for actual, uh, you know, really good quality content and are like all of us that are just craving like the newest, coolest, baddest Mm. ass movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the experience of really, you know, like unearth, um, which Cynodyme, uh, picked up which is which is awesome they've been fantastic partners um yeah we you know you work for uh four years on a feature and when it comes out of course there's a fucking pandemic um right and and you get so excited to have your world premiere at fantasia and you can't go to montreal and you know it's just it's just sitting here like this and doing our opening night q a over zoom um yeah and that's that was the story for all of them like we made um you know the beef on uh festival in in korea and we were super psyched to go there for that one. And they had a thing where you had to like quarantine for a month or something in a hotel room before you could even, and it's like, yeah, we, we can't afford to to do all that. So yeah, the experience, um, it was interesting in some ways, uh, you know, as a filmmaker starting out, like Brandon was saying, it is really important to, you kind of have to wear that hat of building your audience yourself to make, your film attractive and to show that you have that audience on earth for us for sure was, you know, we have the eco side because it's a fracking horror movie. Um, so we 
go for the horror people. We've got Adrian Barbeau and Mark Lucas in the film. Um, so we go that angle and visually that was definitely an easier sell was the, the horror side. Um, but then, you know, it's to, how do you figure out how to pull some of those like um, environmental people that maybe normally wouldn't watch a horror movie, you kind of pull them over out of their comfort zone. Um, so yeah, we had kind of two audiences that we developed, um, you know, during our crowdfunding process and through production and then, you know, working through Synodyme. So yeah, for sure. It's a challenge. And then when you do things in a hybrid festival setting, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different challenge, but it is also a potential to reach a bigger audience. Because if you just go to like, you know, a fantastic fest or a Toronto or a Sundance or something, you know, you kind of have a small group of people that are seeing that film. And then, you know, you have to rely on the press and the reviews and things that come out of that to build your audience by word of mouth. Whereas, you know, if your film is all of a sudden available to everybody in a state or everybody in a country to be able to watch, you can capitalize on that. It's just such a new kind of thing. Uh, you know, Brandon knows these challenges much better than I, but it's a different, it's a different dynamic now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll also add in, you know, um, just kind of getting back to your, to your original question too. Um, you know, from, from, uh, I guess streaming end, you know, one of the nice things that has come the pandemic is, you know, at least on our end, we've, we've seen that our channels have grown in, uh, you know, audience and especially because, you know, so many people were at home and uh, couldn't go to the theaters and all that. So they were discovering a lot, uh, you know, on, on our channels and other, you know, uh, services that are out there. Um, so, you know, I think that part of the business has, has certainly grown and now we're evolving and figuring out ways to continue to make that, you know, work, uh, uh, as the years go on. And, and I really do think like, you know, for, for us on uh, the screen box side, um, we've, we've certainly seen a ton of growth since we kind of did the relaunch and, uh, everything with Screenbox. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's only going to continue as long as we continue to bring in, um, really interesting, cool projects. So, you know, to John's points, it's going to come down to curation for sure. And, uh, I also have to admit that, you know, the, festival side, even though it has shifted, um, I am always looking at, uh, what is in, in these fests and, and a lot of stuff that I'm, um, you know, going after certainly has a presence and that really helps, uh, you know, make and elevate those, uh, those films and, and gems that, uh, you know, the, the people on the festival teams have found. Um, the other part of it though, is, is really, uh, you know, digging around and, and, part of the acquisitions job is, is really, is really doing that, um, finding, you know, stuff that, that other people have not come across yet. Um, so that's, you know, certainly, uh, what I'm always doing, trying to find, uh, you know, something that we haven't seen before. And I would say like, um, you know, all jacked up and full of worms, which, uh, you know, John had mentioned is, is, uh, part of the, um, eerie forecast. Uh, that's, that's one that is, I mean, it's incredibly unique. It's hard to, hard to describe in like a quick log line because it's really, uh, you know, part of what grabbed it, uh, what, what drew me into, into the film was, uh, I really hadn't seen anything quite like it. Like it has, uh, it certainly has like street trash vibes and I'm sure there'll be several people that will talk about that a little bit. And when they see our poster that we've come up with, they're going to really feel that way. 
Uh, and it's, it's insanely good. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's a really special film. Um, and one that several of us on the team immediately, when we saw it, we're just like, okay, this is, uh, there's something here, right? Like there, there will be some audience that will, uh, maybe not be on board because it's just so wild, but at the same time, the people that are going to be on board are going to be fully on board just because it's, it's again, uh, you haven't seen anything quite like it. (laughs) I'll just say really quickly when, when I saw it, I was giggling, uh, constantly and then questioning my sanity for giggling. (laughs) That's the best. I love that. I love that. And I gotta say, it's so, it's so great that, you know, a service like Screenbox, you know, you could tell that it's programmed by a small group group of huge horror fans who are on the lookout for stuff that we haven't seen before and that's that's what we appreciate as horror fans and, and the experience that services like that bring in that curation that you're talking about it is yeah it's vital to have people who you trust to comb through the reams of content that is now out there so yeah kudos to you guys for for doing that and uh, for John for doing that through this festival on that note I'm curious was there ever or are there plans to kind of go hybrid and, and bring a virtual component to Erie Horror Fest, or does one exist now, and will there be one at this at this year's? Uh, one does not exist, and honestly, we haven't talked about it. Um, I love the in person experience. You know, I love I I will relish in sitting in that audience at midnight, mm-hmm. watching all jacked up and full of worms, and feeling people squirm and laugh, yeah. and and then look around and say, "Oh, oh shit! I just laughed at that. I feel kind of kind of <laughs> naughty." <laughs> you know that you just can't get that experience. So I understand that the people that have done it. Um, yeah, we honestly haven't thought of it yet because our venue is is so beautiful yeah. um, that that's 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 what we're putting out there is come here uh, worship worship at the altar of film. <laughs> there you and- go. I love that. I love <laughs> it. And while talking about the altars of film, Leo, you had a question. Yeah, I just want to get uh, both your thoughts on this. Is there is there a vision or plans beyond the festival to help bring these area uh, horror fe- film fest selections to a more mainstream, let's say, like limited theatrical release in your local theaters? You know, in essence, putting small production indie horror films back in theaters for a short time. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, we had an awesome weekly series that we called Film Grain, uh, which was at a restaurant that had an amazing bar, great, great bourbons. Um, (laughs) and we did kind of a dinner and a movie thing. Um, and now out of the Erie horror fest, uh, last year we had, um, a whole program hosted by, uh, kind of a pop culture sociologist. Her name's Dr. Rhonda Matthews. Um, and she kind of did a deep dive on race and horror. Um, and now we do a monthly, uh, year round series. It's called Erie horror fest presents. And she kind of serves as our, um, as our Hitchcock, uh, and goes and explores a deep dive of a different aspect, um, a different kind of subgenre um, of horror each week. And we have drinks and it's kind of like a horror social, basically a horror hang, if you will. Um, so, yeah, we're, we are, you know, trying to make horror more of an annual presence for sure. Um, you know, to feed into the eerie horror fest. And then, yes, we are, we're looking at a new venue, um, because we have always had our own kind of independent, um, 
theater, essentially. Uh, we're looking at a place now in Erie, and we're really close to, to finding, uh, to solidifying that partnership to bring back weekly screenings, feature local filmmakers. We've actually talked about having a night um, where all the uh, Erie-based filmmakers get together and kind of will take a turn of showing the first film that you ever made and kind of poke fun at one another, um, you know, to kind of build that, that culture and community and camaraderie. So yeah, yeah, we're definitely um, looking at ways of branching out, pulling more people in, uh, you know, spotlighting our own. We do have a couple um, eerie based filmmakers that are in the program. Uh, we have a short film uh, that was about a site, a real sighting. Uh, well, well <laughs> a real story of a sighting of a UFO nice. on Presque Isle State Park. Um, and they did a documentary on that. Uh, and then we have another um, filmmaker, Cole Daniel Hills, uh, who has a short as well called The Nightmare um, that's in the program, too. So, yeah, and hopefully again, out of this pitch competition in a, another year or two, we'll we'll see um, some more projects, too. Absolutely. Was game? Did am I do I have this wrong or was gaming a component of the festival either in the past or? Yeah, we're okay. So thank you very much. Um, definitely. We want to show that those lines are blurring, right? More and more through technology. I mean, everybody knows the Mandalorian, um, you know, and they, ha how they do the virtual production. Um, we want to incorporate more genre gaming for sure. And I, we're just going to have a small taste of it. Now we're going to have essentially three kiosks set up together in a line. Um, you know, one of them, it'll be just like a traditional desktop. Then we'll have like a, a switch or something, and then we'll have like a VR setup. And then next to that, we're going to have a small scale, basically virtual production setup so that we can kind of show the progression and the connection and just get, we're planting the seeds of that this year. Mm -hmm. And then yes, next year, um, because the Warner theater has a, 200 seat small rehearsal hall space that we're thinking to use as a second screen uh, going forward and start building the virtual or the gaming component into there. And we'll do the same thing where we'll have a, a gaming developer come in and do a keynote. We'll demo new games, you know, show some workshops and behind the scenes. And yeah. So yes, you have uh, <laughs> reminded me that there are bigger things coming as well. Thank you for that. Oh, no, that's exciting. Extraordinary. Yeah, I did. I'd seen <laughs> yes, nice. for, like, I mean, I'm just kind of getting into the world of horror video and got an Oculus Quest, you know, and started kind of diving into the content that's out there that exists for horror fans. And it's it's very, very cool. And then the other day I had uh, heard note that Jocelyn Donahue from one of my favorite films, House of the Devil, the Ty West we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, is starring in a full motion video game that just got released called immortality where you you basically control an actual film is there like oh, what, wow. what is kind of going on in the world of horror video games that you're excited about or that you've seen that you you know are excited to kind of share with everybody okay here's where you're going to catch me and i just wrote down that title um i am not a gamer sure. so i'm recruiting uh people to kind of lead that lead that on i I've got my hands full enough on the film side. I need to find, um, you know, good, good partners to help, you know, my team of Erica, David, Amanda, Margaret, Mark, everybody to, uh, 
build out that gaming side. So uh, more coming on that soon. And thanks for the recommendation. I'll definitely check it out. Oh, I, yeah. I am very impressed though with, I mean, what's been your feeling um, with your experience so far with the headset? With it's the headset, it's been, ins- uh, yeah, I find it, I find it really unsettling to, I mean, the horror games are terrifying in, in VR basically because you feel like you can't escape the jump scares and things because you got this thing strapped on your head the only alternative you have is to actually throw it off your head because <laughs> you feel like you're there like i've been playing um exorcist on there and uh resident evil you know shooting zombie games kind of thing and it's just yeah it just brings another level of immersion that puts mm-hmm. puts the gamer inside horror movies and i just think the future is so exciting for that uh you know for the and what other genre can can give you that experience more than horror too to actually make you feel part of the action is just it's incredible so i I just can't wait and yeah when i saw full motion video gaming i was like god this is this is intense yeah and escape room style gaming as well all that kind of Mm -hmm. anything with a horror angle is just yeah i think it's just popping off it's gonna be incredible yeah that's just touching on the edge of it right yeah exactly you can can see where it's going like it's it's definitely we're definitely melding and it's gonna be exciting on the other end wherever it's going Yep, for sure, for sure. Well, so talking about that, so we got the, the gaming component added to the festival, obviously. There's some incredible films. I've been looking down the list. There's uh, Black Dragon, Alex Thompson, a movie that's been mm-hmm. called A Masterpiece, a short film. I'm really excited about that. And you mentioned The Addams Family. Hellbender, one of the best films I've seen in a decade. So, so good. And it's so exciting to have John and, and Toby there talking about the film as well. Is there anything in particular that you guys are really looking forward to personally brandon will go to you at this festival that you can't wait to see or experience yeah i mean um you know i think i think more than anything uh i'm just really looking forward to hearing all of the various uh pitches you know and 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 i I mean i love i love talking film i love talking uh you know all these different projects with uh either filmmakers that have maybe uh had done a few films maybe short films etc and then some that maybe are are brand new in the space but really have the uh, drive to get there and uh, I always find that really interesting. And that's, that's actually part of what, um, you know, where blood oath came from, honestly, was, uh, you know, a, a group of people that are really passionate about the genre space and want to help, um, further others that are maybe just kind of getting their feet wet a little bit, or, or, uh, you know, just need a little help getting kind of across the finish line. Um, so, so that's certainly like a, a big part I'm excited about. Um, also if there are, um, you know, any, any films that, uh, at the fest that don't have uh, distribution yet, of course, I'm, I'm excited to kind of, uh, see those films. So that'll be, that'll be fun. And John, I'll go to you. I mean, we, we talked about the children of the corn live commentary and, uh, mm-hmm. God director Fritz Kirsch going to be there. Tough turf. One of his greatest too. <laughs> Not a I'm sure movie, but a some fucking classic classic. <laughs> Is there anything else uh, that's uh, in the itinerary that you're particularly excited about that you haven't had a, t- a chance to talk about yet? I mean, I, I think we've hit on everything that I'm allowed to announce. We've sure. still got a couple couple slots, so Good. I would, um, you know, mention to everybody, of course, to watch Eerie again with two E's, uh, eeriehorrorfest.com and all our socials for those updates that are coming. I'm really looking forward to, you know, participating in the workshops and the panels um, as 
you know, uh, just as someone that's there enjoying it, I hope I get a chance to enjoy some of those. Um, because I, I think, I mean, when we did the one last year, um, you know, if Brandon recalls, like the place was packed and there were a lot of like young student, uh, audience members there and they were really excited and i think they got a lot a lot out of it and that's what you know is kind of very rewarding you want people to have a good show you want them to enjoy all the films that we're showing of course um but i also do want to inspire uh you know the next generations of filmmakers or people that have the talent that just have felt like well i live in a place that's not you know la or new york or Austin or whatever. And, uh, I, you know, there's no way for me to get into it. I hope that they feel welcomed, um, you know, after participating in an event like this and that they, they just know they need to get to work and <laughs> take what they've learned and kick ass and come up with a new, you know, scary, uh, groundbreaking horror film that we can all showcase and, you know, drool over next year <laughs> here's a very yes, blanket yes. statement uh, statement or question i don't know if it's if there's a question wrapped in here or, or not but i'm so curious about this as far as i know there isn't any festivals like this that are for romantic comedies or you know adventure mm-hmm. movies what is it about the horror community that lends itself so much to events and experiences like these I feel, I mean, you all have, I'm sure been to a number of cons and festivals and stuff like you don't like the passion. It's, it's different. You know, you can go to TIFF, you can go to Sundance. They're, they're fantastic. The vibe is different. You know, it's definitely a different vibe. They love film, you know, um, and I love film for sure. But when you go, it's, it's just seems so happy which, you know, people that aren't horror fans would never get, (laughs) right? But it seems so positive and happy and like you're there with your, your community, with your people, and you just see a lot of smiles and laughter. I mean, yeah, there's something about the energy and the the positivity that comes out of these like horrible, (laughs) horrible stories. What is that? That's something about human nature. (laughs) I think about it all the time. Brandon, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, even um, going back to, to when we were all down at the midsummer, um, you know, con, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, it's really cool how, you know, when you're when you're seeing people's reactions, because we, we were showing the um, uh, initial Terrifier 2 uh, promo while we were there. And people would walk by and just were like, wait, there's going to be a second movie. And they, they just get so, you know, excited in the stack and they start talking to you and want to know more. And there's, there's something about that drive. That's just, it's totally different than the other genres and it's just fun. And people, you know, there are all like getting a bunch of cool shirts and cool um, merch of all their favorite, you know, horror characters and such. And uh, you know, there's something about that community that's just, um, I mean, it's part of why I love it so much too, is like you get really wrapped into it. You enjoy talking about it um, and you, you want to share it with others. Right. So it's, it's really different than like, uh, you know, I, I really can't, I'm, maybe there is a rom-com. <laughs> 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 I 
squat there, but I, I just can't, I can't picture it. Um, so. Sponsored by Hallmark. I don't know. Go get your autograph signed by Ryan Gosling and uh, Julianne Moore in the, you know, whatever. I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, you guys, well, thank you so much for being such an important part of the horror community, uh, not just at Erie, but beyond. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Congrats on putting together this cinematic buffet in Pennsylvania for us. And just a reminder for you listening, passes at eeriehorrorfest.com. That's with two E's. It runs October 5th to 8th in Erie, Pennsylvania. Thank you guys again. That was amazing. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 347. Special thanks to our guests, Brandon Hill and John C. Lyons. At time of release, Erie Horror Fest 2022 returns October 5th through 8th in Erie, Pennsylvania. Tickets at EerieHorrorFest.com. That's E-E-R-I-E, HorrorFest.com. Production tracks for this one provided by the good folks at Powerman 5000. Till next time, my name is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, this is the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand. Chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.